As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to today's independent travel podcast with me, Simon Calder. Today, I'm going to be talking about what may and what may not happen in terms of travel to Europe. You may be aware, because it's been in The Independent and elsewhere, that apparently Rishi Sunak is looking to the European Union to reduce the stress, the friction involved in passport checks. And I have spent quite a lot of time since uh, the democratic vote to leave the European Union working out what the implications are and I wanted to give you my take. There seems to be some surprise among people, whether they're Brexiteers or not, about the impact of Brexit on our travel plans. Well, I'm really surprised about that because most of it is entirely foreseeable. We said to Europe, we insist on being so-called third country nationals. We want to be treated exactly the same way as people from Tonga and Venezuela and other faraway lands. We don't want any special relationship with Europe. No thank you. And therefore... We need to have our passports all checked very carefully so that we're fully aware of any issues in terms of overstaying because, of course, we also signed up for the uh, 90 days in any 180-day rule, which means if you've got a second home abroad, well, if you've decided to go from October to Christmas, you'd then need to clear off until uh, around about the spring equinox. So we also said we want to have our passport stamped and therefore we will also, as soon as the entry-exit system is finally ready, we will want to have fingerprinting and facial biometrics done as well, please. That's what we asked for. That is what Europe is delivering because it has to. There is no magic way of um, waving people through the border as they used to. In the days when we were in the European Union, because 
the general assumption was that we were European Union citizens. I remember many Spanish airports. You get off the EasyJet or Ryanair flight, all the uh, passport officials would know that you were all Brits, and they they just maybe have a look at the outside of your queue uh, of your passport and wave you through. No queues generally, or rather, there were sometimes queues, but apart from one or two issues, I seem to remember in small Greek islands. I don't recall waiting a great deal of time. That has all changed. I've now waited a very long time, for instance, in um, Milan Malpensa, just after the uh, Emirates flight arrives with um, nearly 600 people, almost all of whom are also joining the non-EUQ. I've waited a long time in Lisbon. And the, the surprise that we're... Um, being asked to do this strikes me as perhaps just a little bit more of the old exceptionalism that we are so famous for. The idea that, yes, we asked to be treated like this, and now you are, and we don't really like that. And we certainly don't like, from the point of view of a very, very pro-Brexit government, bear in mind um, that's exactly what we've got, Rishi Sunak, one of the cheerleaders of Brexit, from the point of view of a pro-Brexit government which told us that and let me get the quote exactly right this was David Davis who was for a time Brexit secretary there will be no downside to Brexit just a very considerable upside well great long queues at Dover where we've asked for a EU frontier hard frontier to be installed just as they EU has with Russia and Turkey. Well, we said we'd like one, please, on an extraordinarily constrained site between the cliffs and the channel in southeast Kent. And there's another one, of course, down the road at the Eurotunnel terminal. And again, there's no surprise that those things have gummed up because what we asked Europe to do to us um, requires them to do it. So what, what is likely to change? Well, I imagine that the European Union obviously doesn't want to invest ridiculous amounts of time in checking and stamping the passports for a load of people who it knows are really just on holiday or maybe business trips or visiting family. They, their officials have, have um, bigger fish to fry and yet we've said, no, we definitely want all those checks. So they will be open to some kind of loosening and I imagine that we may find ourselves in not a third country national state, but some weird fourth country national where the rules are a lot easier. It might be that we get a relaxation of the 90 days in 180 day rule, but there is going to be some give and take. And the obvious give that the UK government would do is very simply the absurd rule brought in in October 2021 that European Union citizens travelling to the UK must have a passport. Their national identity card will not work. Now, in the olden days, yes, um, for example, Italian ID cards were very difficult, very easy to forge or change, and that was a problem. That's not been a problem for years. EU ID cards are now extremely secure. They're just as secure as passports. And yet we said, no, we, you've got to have a passport. Otherwise, 300 million Europeans without a passport, you're not coming in here. 
That has made life more difficult for them. It's been devastating for parts of the inbound tourism industry. And I bet there are all sorts of people who absolutely have the best interests of the country at heart who are thinking, oh, gosh, look, we can just let's just make up the, this thing saying, oh, look, they've suddenly become more secure and we'll do that. That would benefit Europeans coming to visit us. It would slightly reduce the sense that we really don't like Johnny Foreigner very much. And it would be all to our advantage um, as well as theirs. But I don't see anything changing very quickly. And again, it is going to be seen as us wanting our cake and eating it in the manner that has rather characterised quite a lot of what's been going on with Brexit, in my opinion. Anyway, that's my opinion, and thank you very much indeed for listening to it. I will be back again tomorrow. Goodbye. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.